Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is The Matchless Grace of God. The Matchless Grace of God. I'm sure we are all familiar with the following statements. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. We make our money the old-fashioned way we earn it. God helps those who help themselves. The American work ethic says, you get what you pay for, you get what you deserve. And as a result of all of these uh, sayings, we tend to miss what God is all about and what God is saying. It makes it hard for us to relate to the fact that God is a gracious God and does not treat us as we deserve. David says in Psalm 86 and verse 15, But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness. So what does grace mean? It means that God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. Or to state another way, grace is God's unmerited favor to us who do not deserve any of it. The Bible says that it is God's nature to bless undeserving people. He loves to do it. And as we read in Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 18, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. It is his pleasure. He loves to be gracious. His grace is unconditional, unlimited, and unending. Today I want us to look at three ways that God's matchless grace makes a difference in your life and mine. First, God's saving grace removes our guilt. God's saving grace removes our guilt. Since nobody is perfect, we all have guilt. We have all sinned. Paul in Romans says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does things which are wrong. And we all, therefore, have guilt feelings. But the good news that we have in the gospel is that um, things are different. Listen to Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, 7 and 8. By the death of Christ, we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God which he gave to us in such large measure. This is one of the most basic truths of Christianity. 
or I could say the most basic truth of Christianity, that Jesus Christ has already paid for our sins. All we have to do is to accept his work on Calvary as being for us and ask him to take our lives and make something of them. So there is no reason then for, for us to go around with a load of guilt. Notice that Paul says we are free. Free from what? Free from condemnation, free from guilt, free from worry. Even if there was no heaven, it would be worth it to be a Christian just to have a clear conscience. There is no reason to live in regret. There is no reason to live in guilt. God's saving grace removes our guilt. And Paul says further in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing, but God's gift. There is nothing to boast of since it is not the result of your own efforts. So the point is that salvation is based on God's mercy, not on our merit. Salvation is based on God's promise, not on our performance. He says you don't earn it. You can't earn it. It's a free gift that God gives to us. It's almost comical the way some people try to earn their salvation to prove themselves worthy to God and to try to earn his forgiveness. I don't have time to mention all of the, all of the, the ways in which we do, we do that. But, for example, there are some people who believe in salvation by comparison. See? I don't need to become a Christian because I'm better than such and such a person who goes to church. The fact is that you may be better than so-and-so and better than even me, but God doesn't judge you according to me. I'm not the standard, and neither is anybody else. The Bible says God himself is the standard. We all fall short. That's the most basic thing in the Christian life. But God's saving grace removes our guilt. If you could save yourself on the cross, it would be a waste. There would be no reason for Jesus Christ to die. The most important decision any of us can make, or that we have already made, is to receive God's saving grace in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't done it, today is a good day to do it. But it doesn't stop at that, at that point. Secondly, God's strengthening grace. God's strengthening grace reshapes our life. It helps us to become the person we want, really want to be and that God wants us to be. It molds us and reshapes us. See, God remakes our life when we turn our lives over to him. God loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Jeremiah that God is the potter, we are the clay. He's making us and molding us, shaping our lives so that we'll become like his son, Jesus Christ. That's the model. Some of us 
say by word or action, God, I'll take care of myself. I can shape myself into what I want to be. But that's a big mistake. As Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9 says, Do not let all kinds of strange teachings lead you from the right way. It is good to receive inner strength from God's grace and not by obeying rules about foods. Those who obey these rules have not been helped by them. So one of the big problems with our faith in Christianity is that people start out the, the Christian journey uh, based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then they revert to rules. They start with just being in love with Jesus and then fall back into a religious syndrome of rituals and regulations. A brand new Christian is excited and happy and rejoicing in the Lord. Then all of a sudden, he or she makes the fatal mistake of beginning to watch other Christians, how they dress, how they act, how they speak. And the fun and excitement of being in love with Jesus is replaced by rules and regulations. You can't do this, you can't do that. As Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 tells us, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So the way you became a Christian is the way you continue as a Christian. How did you become a Christian? Was it by promising to do good or to be perfect? No. How do you live as a Christian? By promising to do good or by trying to be perfect? No. Simply by receiving God's grace and letting it change your life so that eventually you become like your son Jesus Christ. See, God's saving grace removes our guilt and God's strengthening grace reshapes our life. But thirdly, God's sustaining grace relieves our hurts. God's sustaining grace relieves our hurts. It relieves our hurts and helps us keep going when we want to give up. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that he had a physical problem that was very painful and he prayed to the Lord three times asking him to remove that from him. Instead God said to him in 2 Corinthians 12 9 my grace is all you need for my power is strongest when you are weak. See God says I'm going to give you Paul my grace. I don't need to remove that. I'm going to give you grace so that you can still continue to function in spite of the situation that you have. You see, grace is what you need to keep on keeping on. If Paul prayed and didn't get the answer he wanted, should I pray about the problems that I'm having? Of course. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You come to God uh, as often as you can in prayer because you know that he answers prayer. He responds to your cry. As um, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 4 and verse, and verse 16, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time 
of need. So when you have a problem, a crisis, when you have stress and tension, and you, and you pray for God's strength in your life, one of two things is going to happen. One, God may remove the problem that you have. Or two, he may leave the problem in your life and give you sustaining grace to handle it so you can learn something as you go through the problem. We would never learn anything if all our problems were instantly removed by God. We learn much more through pain than we do through pleasure. Sometimes God has to leave the problem in our lives. But whenever he does, he gives us the grace to deal with those problems. God removes our guilt by his saving grace. He reshapes our life by his strengthening grace. But he relieves our hurts and helps us to go through our problems with his sustaining grace. It's when you get that down in your life, when you realize what God's sustaining grace is all about, then uh, no problem, no crisis, no hurt, no harm, no stress can devastate your life because you realize that God's grace is more than sufficient for whatever situation you find yourself in. I can handle the problems, not by myself, but by God's grace or with God's grace. So what happens if I don't depend on God's grace? What happens if I just rely on myself and try to work out the problem? Hebrews um, 12, 15 gives us a good clue. It says, be careful that none of you fails to respond to the grace of God. For if you do, there can spring up in you a bitter spirit which can poison the lives of many others. See, when you try to handle a hurt on your own, you are going to get bitter at some point. So resentment is the result of trying to handle all of our problems in our own power. You become cynical, critical, bitter, angry, and have a pity party. You're not relying on the grace of God. As a pastor, I meet hurting people all the time. You can take two people, put them in the same exact situation, and one of them is devastated by it and becomes bitter and resentful. The other has a sweet, sweet spirit. How is that possible? It's possible because one of them is relying on the sustaining grace of God and the other is not. Some of you have been hurt very deeply in the past. You still remember it, and it hurts. Just the very thought of that memory triggers anger. So how do you get rid of a hurtful memory like that? There's only one way. The only antidote to a painful memory is the grace of God. You receive God's grace into your life, and then you offer it to that offending person and let them go. You don't hold on to a hurt. The person in your past that hurt you can no longer hurt you unless you let them. You have to give them permission to hurt you. So let them go. 
receive God's grace in your life and then be gracious and offer forgiveness to that person and let them go for your own sake. It is the only antidote. Some of you need to walk out of here uh, today with a clear conscience to start all over. Others of you need God's strengthening grace. There are things in your life you'd like to change, weaknesses, habits, that you don't have the power to to change. You need God's strengthening grace. Some of you are saying, I've been holding on to a hurt. I have pain in my life, physical, emotional, relational pain. So how do I get God's strengthening grace in my life? There's only one thing you need to do to get God's strength and grace in your life. And the key to receiving God's grace is um, given to us in James chapter 4 and verse 6. Where James says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see, the key to receiving God's grace in my life is to admit that I need it. I admit that I need God in my life. Pride prevents God's grace. As long as I'm self-dependent, I can't receive God's grace. As long as you have the kind of attitude which says that I can handle things myself, then you will still have the problem that you're having because God will not enter your life if you do not want him to enter. You need God's grace to see you through to make changes and to receive forgiveness. All you have to do is to admit, I'm not making it on my own. God, I need you. Help me. Some of you parents and grandparents um, have rebellious children and grandchildren, and it's um, weighing heavily on you, and uh, I could say it's killing you. Maybe they are on drugs. Maybe they are or have been in jail. Maybe they're in a terrible relationship. And you're saying, I don't want anybody to know what's going on in our family. We want to keep that a secret. And that's why you are hurting, because you have not exposed yourself to the point where someone can help you. The more open we are about our faults and failures and fears, the more God pours his grace into our life, which gives us the power to make the changes that we need to make. So once you've received grace, then what do you do? God says he wants you to be gracious to other people. Graciousness is in short supply in our society today. Most people are flat out rude, and all you have to do is to watch television and look at some tweets And you will see that things are getting from bad to worse. But the other thing that God wants you to do is to share his grace with other people. Tell them. It's the best news in the world uh, to share with someone. Let the people around you know that um, they don't have to live under a cloud of resentment and, and regret that they can be forgiven, they can be free to to be themselves and to serve God. What a gracious God we we serve. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, the Apostle Paul says, 
God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. You see, grace is the answer to all our needs. The more generous you are with others, the more you feel God's grace in your life. The question I want to close with is this. Which of these three kinds of grace do you need most in your life right now? Some of you need God's saving grace. You need to have your guilt removed. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that all that you have done can be wiped clean? The slate can be wiped clean because God took all of those sins with him on the cross and we can be forgiven and forgiven and be forgiven for all eternity. Some of you need God's strengthening grace which reshapes your life. You're a Christian but you've gotten off track. Uh, You're just not close to God as you used to be at one time. You've fallen away And you know that everything isn't all right between you and God. As a result, you're frustrated, defeated, and under stress. You think it's so hard to get back to the place you used to be with God. Well, it isn't all that hard. Just say, here I am, God. I want to be in love with you again. I want you to be the master, the Lord of my life, and to guide and direct me so that I can live the way you want me to live. Some of you need God's sustaining grace to relieve your hurts. Maybe you have given up on a relationship, you have given up on a job, a dream, or whatever. Maybe you have physical pain, emotional pain, or pain in a relationship. God wants to say to you that his grace will sustain you and will help you to do the things that are right. Let him have your pain. He will give you the grace to forgive whoever has hurt you. God's grace is available to all of us right here and right now. Never forget that God's grace is always available. None of us deserve God's goodness. None of us deserve God's forgiveness. None of us deserve God's healing touch, God's many blessings, God's unlimited love, God's daily provision, God's marvelous mercy. But because of God's matchless and amazing grace, we can receive all of this and more. It is the grace of God that lifts us up when we are down. It's the grace of God that comforts us when we are in sorrow. It's the grace of God that keeps us safe when we are in danger. It's the grace of God that sees us through the long, dark nights, that strengthens us when we are weak, that gives us hope when we are discouraged, that supplies us with answers to our prayers and forgives our sin when we repent. Without God's matchless grace, our burdens would be too heavy to bear. Our sorrows would be too great to survive. Our hearts would be too broken to heal, and our fears would be too fierce to overcome. God declared that his grace would always be sufficient. 
regardless of what you may be facing right now, regardless of what you may be dealing with, regardless of what disappointments you may encounter, regardless of what demands that may be upon you, regardless of the shortcomings that you have, regardless of your physical disabilities, and regardless of what uh, your past may have been. God's grace is available at all times. There, is, there are no long waiting lines, and nobody is turned away. All one has to do is to ask. No references are needed, and no resume is required. There are no established hours. You are as welcome at midnight as at midday. God is never too busy to hear your request and to satisfy your need. Whatever your circumstances may be, grace can transform them. It can transform failure into success, enemies into friends, sorrows into joy, duties into delight, and miseries into miracles. As someone has written, amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why Christ came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www pbcboston.org and tune in every Saturday morning at 10:30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.